Good morning, Edinburgh. Hey, good to be here with you. Um, if you're a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome as well. For those of you watching online, hey, we're glad you are tuned in. Um, just want to give you guys an update. Hey, we, we, we talked about this Thrive campaign uh, that we are currently in. We're trying to raise $40,000 over and above right, our regular giving. Uh, we are uh, about 20%. Uh, to our goal, okay, with, with December um, to, to hopefully even surpass that goal. That's what I'm praying and, and hoping uh, for. And, but the key is that we do it together because we just believe that if everyone will sacrificially uh, give what you can, some of you can give more, some of you can't give as much, but if we will all give sacrificially, we're going to be able to, to meet that goal, uh, possibly surpass that goal, and thrive as we go into the, to the new year. That's ultimately what we want to do. We don't have to cut ministry around here. We want to be able to even do more. So please help us in, in reaching that uh, goal so that we can invest in God's kingdom and what he's doing uh, through Edinburgh Church. Amen? Amen, church. We can do this if we do it together. Um, as uh, Pastor Josh mentioned, we are in a series right now um, called Prepare Him Room, comes from the song Joy to the World, right? Uh, but the idea behind this is that we kicked off Advent season. What we call Advent just means the arrival, uh, right, as we celebrate the arrival of Christ's birth. Um, the, the, the heart behind this series is that we are really between two Advents, two arrivals. We're between Jesus' birth, which has already happened in our past, and Jesus' return, which is in our future. And you and me are now in between those two advents. And here's what I can tell you. God wants to do something today. God is not dead. And God wants to do something in our lives. He wants to do something in us. And he wants to do something through us for the good of his kingdom. Between these two advents. You need to understand, what does God think about all day long? He thinks about his kingdom. This is his passion. This is what he is all about. He is all about building his eternal kingdom. And if you are a Christian this morning, I want you to think, you get to be a part of that. And that's pretty amazing. That is a pretty amazing calling that you and I get to be a part of God building his eternal kingdom here on earth. The question is, are you and I ready when God says it's time to move? Are you and I in the right posture when God says it's time for me to do something in your life and through your life for the sake of my kingdom? Have we prepared him room? I was kind of embarrassed to admit this story to you, but when I was a little kid... Uh, I had this big dream, okay? <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to admit this. I wanted to play in the NFL. Now, if God would have just taken a picture of my future self and sent it to me, it would have squelched that dream right then and there, okay? But I was a little kid, and I was dreaming big. I wanted to play in the NFL. I was obsessed with sports. You talk to any of my friends growing up, they know I was very competitive, always thinking about football. And uh, man, I would go to football camps uh, in the summer. I would collect cards. And like, I was going to play in the NFL. That was my goal. That was my big dream. That was my ambition. But in my freshman year of high school, uh, I ended up injuring my neck. 
Uh, I had a bad neck sports injury and um, started to see a physical therapist, uh, do rehab, things like that. They weren't ever able to uh, fully um, uh, restore my neck to me. Um, uh, and so I had to, um, I had to drop out of, of playing the sports that I loved so, so much. And in fact, I've lived with that neck pain for, for most of my life. It wasn't until recent years, actually, uh, through prayer and a really good chiropractor uh, that I was able to get through uh, this neck pain that I've lived with for most of my life from that sports injury. But some of you know my story, how I then spiraled out of control in high school. And what I've never told you is that, that that's a big part of my story. Um, this dream that was just crushed, this, this, this uh, injury uh, that cost me my sports playing um, right, career, it, 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 it led me to spiraling uh, in, in life. Why? Because I had this dream and life did not go the way that I wanted it um, I wanted to go. Now, I'm sure some of us are here today and we have goals and we have dreams and aspirations, right? And it's good and right to have dreams and goals and aspirations. That, that is very good. But the Bible does tell us that while we might have plans and make plans, it's God who directs our footsteps. It's, it's God who's going to direct us on the path he, he wants us to go. So it's good for us to have plans, but we need to be aware that, that it's God who might have different plans, for our life. You know, some of us right now, we're, we're planning and we're dreaming about our financial situation. And we've got a goal we would love to hit and, 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 and you know, and, and maybe that's what you're thinking about, you know, 24-7. You find yourself thinking and almost obsessing about your, your finances, and, and maybe some of us, it's even like, I'm going to kind of do life my own way. I'm going to kind of do life what I want. And then, and then when I get into the right financial situation, that's when I'm going to commit myself to the church and to God's kingdom. And, but you've got the, these, these dreams and these plans of your own. For some of us, it's, it's, it's marriage, right? Like some of you who are single, maybe you're just like, I want to be married so badly. And maybe you even started out like you had high, right, you know, uh, just goals on who you were going to marry and what that person was going to look like, high standards, you know, they were going to have a job, right? You know, Mr. Wright was going to, he was going to go to church like every Sunday. It's serve on Wednesday nights during Awana. And now you're like, if I can find someone that has a pulse, <laughs> you're like, I'm in, right? Some of us, maybe it's having kids of our own. We can have these goals. We can have these dreams. I want you to start thinking whatever year that, that goal or dream is. But we have to have some flexibility because God's plans are sometimes different from our plans, and this morning we're going to see uh, that God had different plans for a man named Joseph, right? Joseph. Here we're talking about the Joseph that is Mary, the mother of Jesus' husband, okay? And Joseph oftentimes gets overshadowed by Mary and, and her faithfulness, uh, kind of like uh, I get overshadowed anytime I let Pastor Tyler or Pastor Joshua, uh, even Pastor Reggie, Thanksgiving Eve, preach around here, kind of like how I get overshadowed. I tell those guys, do not do such a good job. And they just keep doing such a good job. 
You know, we are very thankful for them as a church to have such good pastors and, and, and speakers around here, preachers and teachers. But Joseph is a man who gets, he gets overshadowed. And yet he is an important, crucial even character in the story of Jesus' birth. And his faithfulness is something that I think has application for every single one of us today. If we read this, this is from Matthew 1, starting in verse 18, we read, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So we got to stop right there and understand what's going on here. Um, Mary is pledged. She's engaged, okay, to this man Joseph. They're an engaged uh, couple. But this is a lot uh, stronger of an engagement than what we think about when we think about engagement today. This was actually a legally binding engagement where two families would come together and legally agree that their children were going to be married. And so this is a strong engagement that is, 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 is bound legally. And so what they would do is they would still live under their parents' Uh, roof, but during the day they started prepping and preparing to live as a married couple, doing the things together, uh, everything except for consummating uh, the marriage. They would begin to live out what it was going to be like as they prepared to get married. And you can imagine Joseph and his dreaming and his excitement of the prospect of finally marrying Mary. He's a carpenter, we know, and you can just imagine Joseph getting his toolbox in the morning, right, and going off to work saying, I'm going to build a life for me and Mary and our future children. And he is excited about their life together and what their future will bring. But then we read on, it says, but before they came together in marriage, Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, okay? And so Joseph learns about Mary's pregnancy, he catches wind of this, and you can just imagine like that, Joseph's world is turned upside down. And I'm sure Mary came along trying to explain, hey, hey, God did this. this. This is from God. But you can imagine the doubt that rightfully so Joseph would struggle with. And I'm sure he's feeling sick to his gut uh, as Mary is trying to explain this way. And he's seeing his dreams go up in smoke. And I just want to ask you the question, what, what do you do? When life doesn't go according to your plans. How do you respond when life doesn't go your way? I know what I do. I get angry. I get upset. I get bitter towards God even. And sometimes, if I were to be brutally honest, I'm tempted to walk away. In fact, that's what I did when my football career ended. Uh, I walked away from any faith that I might have had. What do, you, what do you do? How do you, you respond? You see, this is something I would call the divine dilemma. You know, the divine dilemma is if God is all good and God is all powerful, why do things like this happen? Why doesn't life go according to our plan? This is something you call the divine dilemma. And, and when the divine dilemma hits, we all come to a fork in the road. 
we either choose that we're going to walk away from the Lord. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to start calling yourself an atheist or you're not going to consider yourself a Christian anymore. You might still call yourself a Christian, but you're going to be a very casual Christian. And usually the way that manifests itself is you kind of start distancing yourself from Christian community. You usually start distancing yourself more and more from the church. And your faith just isn't what it was. And that's one path we can all take when life doesn't go according to our plans. But there's another path, and that path is to say, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to stay faithful. And that's what Joseph does. We read this in verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law... Um, most translations there, we're going to say he's a righteous man, yet he did not want to expose her to, to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he doesn't want to embarrass Mary. He still loves Mary. He still cares very much for Mary. He's going to have to go through the legal process here of breaking off their engagement is what he's thinking. But he cares for Mary. And, and, and why? Because it's, he's a righteous man. And when we hear that idea of being a righteous man, it doesn't just mean doing the right thing. That is what it ultimately is on the surface. It's doing the right thing. But we got to understand that the heart of righteousness is what? The heart of righteousness is trusting in the Lord. The heart of righteousness is saying, God, I trust you. That's why we do the right thing. That's why we live according to his word, even when it doesn't make sense. That's why we stay faithful, even when it doesn't make sense, what's happening around us. It's because our trust is ultimately in the Lord. In fact, we read this in Jeremiah 17, 5. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They can't have any hope because they're not trusting in the Lord. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted alongside a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. In other words, there's life. Life, even in the hard times, even in the dry times, because of their trust in the Lord, because the Lord is their trust, they still have life in them and still produce fruit. Because they have their confidence in the Lord. And apparently this is Joseph. Joseph has that kind of trust. In verse 20, we read it says, but after he had considered, right, the, the, you know, breaking off their engagement, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. And I want you to notice something there. Underline that. Joseph, do not be afraid. This is a command that's given to us 366 times in the Bible. It is the most repeated command in all of the scriptures. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. 
And when you look at the context of every time it's said, God tells us and commands us, do not be afraid, do not fear, it's always in the context of the divine dilemma. It's in the context of a hard situation where someone has come to that fork in the road and am I going to walk away from the Lord and stop being faithful and committed? Or am I going to choose the path that the Lord has laid out for me? And am I going to be faithful even if I don't understand the situation? And it's in that context God says, I want you not to be afraid. I want you to trust me. And remain the course. Walk faithfully on the path that I am laying out for you. Friends, when we do that, we can expect to see God move. Okay? And, and you might ask, like, what happens when I stay on the path that God lays out for me. And for some of you, maybe it's a, a, you know, it's God calling you to something. Or God's put something on your heart. Or maybe some of you, it's just hanging in there in a tough time, and you guys just hang in there. And sometimes, as Christians, that's all we can do. We can just hang in there, remaining faithful to the Lord. And why do we do that? Because, friends, when we give God our yes, I'm going to stay faithful. Pastor Tyler talked about last week, saying, giving God our yes. When we do that, here's what happens. We get to see the Holy Spirit move in our lives. We walk away, we miss it. You'll miss it. I spent so many years of my life missing out on what the Holy Spirit wanted to do on my, in my life. But when we will stay the course that God has set us on, the path of faithfulness, here's what the promise you can know. You will see the Spirit. You'll see God move in your life. We read on in verse 20. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Why? Because what is conceived in her is from the what? The Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Man, Joseph and Mary got to see the Holy Spirit move in a powerful and incredible way, even bringing the Savior of the world into the world through a virgin. Wow, they got to see the Spirit of God move. But here's what I want to remind us today. The same God of Joseph and Mary is the same God that we worship and serve today. And he is the same God tomorrow. And he does not just want to work through Joseph. He does not just want to work through Mary. He wants to work through you. And he wants to reveal himself and his goodness to you in the land of the living. That is what he wants to do. He wants to work in our lives and reveal his goodness to us. In fact, many years ago, God called Danielle and I. We were living here in Minnesota, but he said, I want you to go to seminary. And the seminary he was calling us to, uh, which was validated by a lot of ways. We just knew that's where we were supposed to go, was down in Dallas, Texas. And so this meant for Danielle, she was going to have to pack her bags She's going to have to say bye to all of her friends here. She's going to have to say bye to her family here. Extremely hard situation for Danielle. 
who didn't want to go. That, wasn't, that would not have been her, her plan. But she knew the Lord was calling us to this. And so, uh, we, you know, people thought we were crazy. We didn't have any money. I mean, I think I'd saved up like $1,500 at this point, but we didn't know how we were going to pay for seminary. You know, we were going to pay for We didn't have jobs lined up. We didn't have any of that stuff uh, ready to go. Um, I actually couldn't even afford, like, the rental, you know, truck that you need, moving van. You need to get all your stuff down there. So what I did is I went on eBay, and it was a bidding war for this old moving van. And I actually won the bid for $1,000. You can imagine how rickety this puke green, like 1979 moving van was. It did not inspire a lot of confidence for Danielle or her parents, okay? Uh, but I did tell her parents, hey, at least we'll always have a place to live, okay? Um, that, didn't, that didn't seem to help, okay? So after a lot of prayer, we, we packed up our stuff in this old rickety van and headed across the country um, to Dallas, Texas. No friends. And y'all didn't have, you know, know anyone down there. Uh, she didn't have any family down there. But uh, pretty quickly, Dan, um, the Lord blessed her with this, this amazing job that she got. She started working at this job, and I was working part-time, but it was really Danielle's job that was just helping to, to pay our way through seminary. I mean, we look back, we're like, wow, we, we graduated from seminary with zero debt. Uh, you know, not only did we graduate with zero debt, um, the, 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 we actually built up a savings that we were able to use for the first house when we got moved us back up to Minnesota that we were able to put on our first house. It was one of the wealthiest, ironically, seasons of our life. I, I don't know how to make sense of it. It does not make sense on paper. Uh, Danielle did really well at her job. She was just blessed. Uh, they paid for her to get her master's degree while she was there. And the reason we were able to move up to Minnesota is because um, she applied for a management position, and they gave it to her up here in, in Minnesota and paid for our move. When we, so I didn't have to buy a puke green, you know, rickety van to move us back up here. She made lifelong friends. I mean, we both look back. Those were some of the best years of our life. And I'm telling you, friends, it was why. It was because Danielle said yes. She said yes. She felt the Lord calling, and she said yes. And she could have even said, I'm going to do it for my husband, and I'm going to go begrudgingly, and I'm going to make life miserable. She could have done that. She didn't. She said, I'm going to go with a positive attitude. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And I would be lying if I stood here and told you the Lord wasn't good to us. In a profound, miraculous way. Because guess what? The God of Joseph and Mary is the God we worship today. And he wants to do miracles in your life today. He wants to work in you and through you for the good of his kingdom today. Do you believe that? When I say yes, I have a promise. I will see the Holy Spirit move in my, in my life. And you will see that in your life as well. Who knows what FOMO is? I know the younger people in here know what FOMO is. Who knows what FOMO? Yeah, fear of missing out. I think as Christians, we need to start living with a little FOMO. Fear of missing out on what God wants to do in our lives. Can you imagine if Joseph had said, no, nah, this isn't for me. I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. Can you imagine on what Joseph misses out on? Christians, I can't help but wonder what we're missing out on 
Because in that time of the divine dilemma, we say, ah, I just, I can't. And we distance ourselves from the Lord rather than just staying the course, remaining faithful, doing what his word tells us to do or what he is putting on your heart. I don't want any of us to miss out on seeing God move in our lives. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage, meaning he didn't have sexual relations with, with Mary until she had given birth to a son, and, and they gave him the name, and of course, we know this name, it's Jesus. Friends, this does not mean it was easy for Joseph and Mary. Let's not forget, I mean, Herod, the king at the time, is going to put a hit on Jesus' life. Joseph and Mary are what? They're going to have to flee. They're going to have to flee their home. They're going to have to head down as refugees down to Egypt where they're going to have to hide from Herod who, who, who's going to kill all, all the, the children, two years old and younger in, in, in Bethlehem, right? Um, and, 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 you know, those, those gifts the wise men gave, those are getting pawned off, <laughs> Sometimes we celebrate those gifts, understand those are good. He's going up to the pawn shop because how do you think they're paying for this journey? They have to spend it all. I never said it was easy. I did say when we step into it, we will see that our God is good. That's what Joseph and Mary got to see. They got to see that God is, is good. So I was reading about these farmers in India who um, apparently had a problem with monkeys, okay? And these monkeys were coming and just ravaging their crops. So uh, they came, they, they decided they had to capture these monkeys and get rid of these monkeys, okay? And so they came up with this ingenious way to capture the monkeys. Now let me just preface it for you animal lovers, the monkeys are okay. They were gentle with the monkeys. In fact, the the, the reality is they didn't want to harm the monkeys, so that's why they created this system. But what they did is they took a coconut, and they hollowed it out, and they, they, they drilled a hole into the coconut just big enough so that the monkey could get its hands through the coconut. And they placed a small banana in the coconut and then attached the coconut to either a stake in the ground or a tree, something like that. And here was the ingenious part about it. They didn't have to use a trap or a clamp or something like that that would harm the monkey. They didn't have to use, like, even a net that would fall down, you know, something like that. They could actually be gone for hours, and they would come back, and they would find the monkey stuck to that coconut. Why? Because the monkey would reach his hand in for the banana, make a fist around the banana, and then could not get its fist out of the coconut. All the monkey needs to do is let go of the banana, and it's free, off living its best life. But that's not what the monkey would do. The monkey grabs it, makes a fist, and is trapped. And I can't help but wonder how oftentimes we're like that monkey. Grabbing onto our plans, grabbing onto our dreams, and having a tight fist that in the end ends up costing us and causes us to miss out on what God wants to do in our life. Some of you, you've been tight-fisted around your finances, 
I mean, you're just holding on. And you're like, I'm not going to commit myself to God, to the church. I'm not going to commit myself really to his kingdom until I reach this, this, this goal of mine, until this dream is, is lived out. And you just, you're holding on so tight-fisted that you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life. I just heard a story here from Edinburgh Church uh, that went through um, Dave Ramsey's financial peace class. And they said it wasn't, it wasn't Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey just taught us the biblical principles, how to handle our finances. And they said we were in serious debt. We applied those principles. God brought us out of debt. Uh, that's an incredible story that needs to be shared. Because they got to a place where they said, I'm going to quit trying to do my finances my way, and I'm going to do finances God's way. And that's when God showed up, and they got to see the Spirit move in their life. Some of us who are single, so desperate to try to find a spouse, you're holding on to that so tightly that maybe you're starting to find yourself compromised values, standards, that as a believer you know should have. And I don't want you to miss out on the person that God wants to provide when we go like this. Or maybe you're in a marriage right now and you're holding on so tight-fisted to how you want your marriage to be and how you want your spouse to be. I'm just letting go. I'm going to love my spouse for who they are and where we're at right now in, in this, at this time by God's grace. And see what God does. And it's having kids of our own and you're clamping on and you're just, I want to have kids, I want to have kids so bad. Man, maybe God's going to say adoption is the way to go. Or he has something else planned for you. The key is I don't want you to miss out. And I, this one, I was thinking about this one yesterday. I want to preface this by saying we need to be wise. We have a whole book in the Bible called Proverbs. teaches us about being wisdom. So please understand we need to be wise. But I can't help but wonder in this time of COVID, some of us have been grabbing on to safety so strongly that it's starting to cost us from being able to live our lives for the kingdom. And that as we grab on to safety, if we find ourselves distancing ourselves from, from, from church or from Christian community or Christian friends, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and again, we need lots and lots of wisdom, but friends, show me in the Bible where we're told we're supposed to live safe lives. We do need wisdom. But when you read the Bible, they were being arrested for their faith. You get into the early church, they were literally being fed to lions. And I understand we thought, we thought this COVID thing was just going to be seasonal here today, gone very quickly, but it's here. We gotta, we gotta, maybe we need to let go of the safety. So we say, God, I'm not going to die sitting in my house all by myself. I want to be used and I want to see what you want to do in my life. And I'm going to trust you in the midst of these dark days. We find ourselves in it. Please, again, wisdom. Wear the mask. Do what you need to do. But don't let it cost you your life. Living for the kingdom of God. Friends, can we just practice this real quick? I want you to think, whatever that is for you, that you've been lashed on, this posture, can we just put our fist in the air like this? I want you to think, whatever it's you've been holding on to, just your plans, your dreams, which is really just you're sitting on the throne of your life. Can we make a fist and then we, can we say, all right, it's going to feel good, I'm telling you, if you do it. Come on, not all of you doing it with me, come on. It's going to feel really good. And you say, Lord, I give it to you. Boom, I give it to you. Lord, I'm going to trust you with my life. I believe you're good. I want to see your spirit move. So God, boom, I'm going to give it to you. I'm telling you, it's so freeing, friends, when we do that, when we turn it over to the Lord. Because here's the reality. You and I make terrible gods. 
don't we? How many of those, those things we've been holding on to? We've been making a wreck of those things. And we know it. And maybe this is the day we say, God, I'm sick of making a wreck of things. I'm going to trust you. And I'm telling you, what God's going to do, he's going to start bringing order into the chaos. Because that's what he does. <laughs> you know, Danielle came in, in actually into my room where I was, I was sitting, reading yesterday. And, uh, you know, she said, oh, we just got hit with a $50 bill, this bill that we, for $50 that we weren't expecting. You know, we're Christmas this month, right? We're planning on giving to the Thrive campaign. We got this stuff going on. She's like, we're going to, well, we, we just, the Lord take it. And I mean, we just, woo. <laughs> okay, God, we're going to have to trust you. We're going to have to trust you. I'm just telling you, it is freeing for our heart. We just, Danielle and I find ourselves doing that this week as I was preparing for this message. Just, Lord, take it. I want to see you move through whatever that situation is. I'm going to trust you. Listen, Joseph and Mary are sitting in heaven today not regretting their decision to stay faithful to the Lord. They are in heaven today celebrating that God chose to work in their life, through their life, for his kingdom's sake. They would tell you, it was really hard, but God was really good. And they're celebrating their legacy today in heaven. Friends, I want that for all of us as well. Well, we're going to end uh, the message um, today getting to take communion together. I, I hope everyone was able to, to grab. If you didn't, you can raise your hand. We have people in the back. Um, Who can bring you out something? By the way, these are gluten-free. They're non-alcoholic, just for all of you know, so you, everybody can be a part of this. And maybe some of us are here this morning, because here's what I want you to hear. It's never too late to start giving God your life. It's never too late to say, God, yeah, I've been trying to do life my way. I've been trying to do things my way. I don't want to miss out anymore, it, any longer. It, 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 there's always time, right? There's, 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 or the time is now, I should say. But God's never going to turn you away when you say, God, I want, to start, I want to start turning my life over to you. I want to live the plans that you have for my life. God's never going to turn someone away who does that. But it will require some strength. And that's... That's why communion is so beneficial to us because it's through communion, friends. The reason we do this, it's a time for us not just to remember Jesus um, because of the, you know, what he's done for us. It, it's a time for us to remember him so that we can draw strength from him. Some of you need strength from the Lord today. Whatever battle you're facing, whatever path that you find yourself on, and maybe it is really hard and you're trying to stay faithful. Or maybe you want to return to the path of faithfulness and you're going, it's going to be really hard. That's why communion is so beneficial to us. Do you realize this is something spiritually we do to draw strength from Jesus? You know, this actually cost Jesus some of his disciples during his earthly ministry because he said something that was very controversial. What did he say? Unless you eat my flesh and unless you drink my blood, you can have no part of me. Friends, we got to have... So what he's saying is, I gave my life to you so that you can draw from me. 
we're almost like, I know, I know this sounds, this isn't maybe so appropriate for communion, but it's, we're kind of like vampires. We're kind of like vampires. That's, that's why they turn from him. And I'm like, to Jesus, that's not, that doesn't sound very good. You're saying we're like cannibals. You're saying we're like vampires. Yeah, that's what Jesus is saying. You need to draw life from me. You have to. You have to. It's not optional. You spiritually have to learn how to draw strength from me, how to go into the heavenly realm and take from me. That's why I gave my life to draw, to take, so that it is something spiritual that is now in you that is not of you. It is of me now in you. That's the life I give. And that's what happens when we eat and when we drink. And this is an opportunity for spiritually to say, Jesus, I want more. I want to feed. I want to drink deeply. And I want your life in me, giving me the resurrecting life that you have offered. Woo! Some of you need to drink today. You need to drink deeply. Some of you need to feast today. You need to feed on Christ and take it in and let him give you this supernatural Holy Spirit strength that only the living Jesus Christ can give. So we're going to peel back that top piece. I know sometimes this is, we need to do like a training video on this. I get it. But you take that wafer, just peel off that, that, that top plastic clear part get your fingernail in there. And we're just going to say, Jesus, we want to feed on you today, spiritually. And we want to experience your life in our bodies right now. So Jesus, we take you in. Mm. Fill us, Jesus. Fill us. And we peel back that next Part, silver part. This is, represents his blood. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your cleansing blood. Some of you come in today guilty. Maybe you're wrestling with some shame, maybe some identity issues. I think we all struggle with that to from one degree to the next or another. But this blood reminds us that we can be washed, we can be cleansed. There's life in the blood. And when we take this blood in us and we take the life, it, you now become a son. You become a daughter of the Most High God. It's through Jesus' sacrifice that we know who we are. We are children of the Most High God. So if you need cleansing today, if you need to be washed today, if you need your conscience cleared today, knowing that he paid the price for you by shedding this blood on your behalf, then drink. <laughs> we say, Jesus, thank you. Ah, Lord Jesus, thank you that you invite us into this kingdom work. Thank you that you want to work in our lives. May we have some FOMO in our lives this week. God, that we won't want to miss out on anything that you want to do. We want more. We want to be used more for you and your kingdom purposes here on earth, God. So give us the strength today that we need to remain faithful wherever we're called, whatever might even change in our life, whatever plans might not go according to our plans, give us the strength to stay the course. And like Joseph and like Mary, trust you so that we can see your spirit move. We pray this as a church and all God's people said, amen.